This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi everyone, welcome in to a Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report and greetings from Studio B at the Osher Sports Performance Center. We begin a new week with an eye toward this past weekend. Ooh, gosh, I know everybody's kind of in a mood on this Monday, aren't they? LSU, Tulane, Saints, ouch. It was pretty tough over the weekend. We'll talk about it uh, and we'll get you going on a new week too here at the same time. Uh, a little earlier this afternoon, the Saints locker room opened up. We're going to hear from uh, those Saints that were in the locker room uh, on Monday talking to the media about how things went yesterday at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, that loss to the New England Patriots. And, uh, and we will look ahead just a little bit. Uh, the team won't you know, kind of do so until they get through today. Um, but then Carolina's looming, and that's a big, big game. So all that's on our plate. John DeShazer's alongside. Good to see you, my friend. Good to be here. Yeah. Um, how was traffic this morning for you? Hey, that was about it. <laughs> um, no, look, man, this is this is tough sledding. Yeah, I mean, imagine, now imagine if if it's tough sledding for us, for guys who who have invested in this and actually play the game, and you know this is their profession, this is their career. Uh, but yeah, man, it's it, we've seen some stuff over this weekend that was really, uh, really difficult to watch. I mean, I started out Saturday night with LSU, and I was like, what the heck is is going on? And you know, I could have extended that to Sunday with the Saints and, and Patriots. You know, what the heck is going on? I mean, we've just seen a couple teams that we thought would be better than what we saw this weekend. And it it just did not it did not manifest itself well at all. I mean, you know, the Saints Patriots was that was that was almost it was almost big brother, little brother kind of stuff. I mean it was first half especially. Yeah, the first yeah. half. I mean when when you give up thirty and a half, man, that's that's that is hard to do. They scored on five of six possessions in the first half, and I mean they looked sharp. I mean it, it looked as if as if really they kind of they kind of pumped the brakes in the second half. It almost seemed to to almost just kind of milk the clock out because it certainly didn't look like they were you know New England had the same level of aggression in the second. And maybe that was some of that was because you know Gronkowski got injured. And uh, he had to leave the game, but but certainly um, that first half they had their way, and it just didn't look like the Saints would be able to stop them. Yeah, no, they were clicking their first three scoring drives: 75, 75, and 69 yards on those three drives. And then I kind of knew that New England had hit their stride when um, at the end of the second quarter they used a final timeout to try and get one more punch to the end zone, didn't score, and then with no timeouts, clock running, they skillfully and perfectly did their um, houses on fire run to kick a field goal unit out there. And it went to perfection. They kicked that field goal with zeros on the clock and, and had 30 at the break. You know, it's interesting, though, J.D., um, going into the weekend, both LSU and – well, we'll throw Tulane in here too um, because they were up against the number two team in the country in Oklahoma. And I mm. thought actually Tulane fared pretty well there for a little bit against someone they had no business – uh, be on the same field with in Oklahoma. But let's just, okay, just take LSU and the Saints for a second here. I went into the weekend thinking to myself, hey, look, both LSU and the Saints can lose this weekend just based solely on who they're playing. Mississippi State, no slouch. Patriots, defending Super Bowl champs. I just didn't think that at the end of the weekend we would look back on those two games 
at the two teams' performances and feel the way everyone does today. You know what I mean? Well, like even even if you even if both teams had lost, yeah. But if they had accounted for themselves, yeah, in that, a better that, fashion, that's the thing. That's, that's the thing. what would have changed the way I think people feel on this Monday. That's the thing. You look at the scoreboard, uh, and it appears to be non-competitive, and your eyes tell you that they just they weren't competitive games. I mean, they were not very competitive games. And that's the thing that, you know, I guess that's the thing that gives you pause and, and sends out the alarms. You know, when you're, you know, LSU, you know, or the Saints, you expected better competitiveness. You expected more representation on the scoreboard. You expected, you know, as you mentioned, yeah, you might lose the game, but, you know, you don't expect it to be, you know, double double, dig, double dig, digits and, and multiple touchdown, you know, deficits and that kind of thing. So those are the things that, that – bother you as much as anything with LSU maybe a little less so because it was their first loss on the road tough venue and you say okay we'll 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 give them a little bit you know maybe we'll give them a throwaway on this one and, and see what happens next but for the Saints now that's consecutive losses double figures where they have been you know pretty much wiped out and that really concerns you I know I understand it's early in the season I understand there are 14 more games there's no law that says the Saints can't win 11 of the next 13 or 12 of the next 14 or whatever it is. But you see those games and you see those results and you see how they've happened on the road and at home. Two good teams. Don't get me wrong. Two good opponents. But still, you expect it better than that from the Saints. And that's the thing that concerns you. Yeah, no doubt. Again, we're going to hear from some of the Saints here on our podcast this Monday from their, I guess, Monday locker room session. And we'll have more for you coming up. But before we get to our first break, J.D., while you're still here, let's go ahead and break down some of, I guess, the significant points of yesterday. Let's drill down a little bit on a few of these things. First, obviously, on the defensive side of the football, I don't want to say it was a repeat of what we saw in Minnesota, but it was darn near close. And uh, where where do you start to try and pull things off the pile here and, and get to the bottom of this? Well, at some point, the Saints are going to have to apply some consistent pressure to the quarterback. Uh, they've got to get guys off the mark. Sam Bradford and Tom Brady in back-to-back games have combined to complete 80% of their passes uh, for almost 800 yards and six touchdowns, no picks. I think there have been three sacks, but there has not been consistent pressure, and that's why those guys are completing 80% of their passes. They haven't been able to get them off the mark. And then on top of that, because they haven't been able to generate any pressure, then they've been on the field third downs. They've been unsuccessful on third downs. They hadn't been able to get off the field. And by the time the Saints got off the field yesterday for a third down, uh, they might have been down, you know, maybe 20 to 3 or 20 to 6 by then or something like that. I mean, they just have not been able to get any stops defensively. Uh, we lauded and, you know, we talked about how they were a better secondary and more competitive in the secondary uh, during training camp and during preseason. And, look, that's all well and good. But it certainly has not reared its head much uh, here in the regular season. We saw Marshawn Lattimore with a couple of nice pass breakups against Brandon Cooks yesterday. He looks like the real deal in one-on-one coverage. But you know, other than that, uh, we continue to see the Saints uh, being caught up in, in mismatches, whether it's linebacker Alex Anzalone attempting to cover uh, running back Rex Burkhead or whether it was Kenny Vaccaro or Vaughn Bell or anybody else attempting to cover Rob Gronkowski or, you know, just, you know, we've seen some some mental bust. And I don't know if there were as many mental errors yesterday 
as much as they were just physically getting beat to the to the point of attack mm-hmm. uh, as much as anything. I mean, we saw guys running free in Min- in Minnesota. The guys weren't just running free, but they did have a couple steps on defenders who knew what their responsibilities were. So those are the things now you're saying, okay, can they get back to being uh, the competitive group that they were in the preseason, or is this who they are? Well, it's a two-game sample, and, you know, you'd hate to base anything off two games, but it's been a scary two games. So those are the things, you know, getting quarter, getting the quarterbacks, uh, covering better defensively are things that concern you. And then, you know, look, man, we're not accustomed to seeing the Saints not be able to score. Uh, 20 points a game in the first two games, that's the average. That is, you know, if there are any sirens just blaring, that would be the one. Because defensively, we thought the Saints would be better. You know, we hope they'd be better. They hadn't shown that improvement, but they've dealt with that for the previous three years. But when this offense isn't clicking, and now the defense is putting pressure on this offense basically to be perfect, that they can't settle for field goals. They're going to have to score touchdowns, you know, almost every, you know, you can't score a touchdown every possession, but you got to cash in more often than not. And that's a lot of pressure. I don't care who your quarterback is. I don't care who your running backs are, who your receivers are. That's a lot of pressure to know we got to go score because we can't stop them and we got to get this thing into a shootout and just outscore them. And we got to score every time. We got to get something every time. Might be a field goal, might be a touchdown. You prefer a touchdown, but we got to get something every time. That is blaring alarms when the Saints don't score offensively. So hopefully that can get corrected. And if history tells us anything, that will get corrected because they've been a top six offense every year since 2006. They've been a top scoring offense every year since 2006. So you hope that that one can 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 fix can be fixed uh, much much more rapidly than it has been so far. But you know that worries you because they hadn't been able to get anything going defensively, and and now you start to worry and say, you know, is this defense improved or is it you know just the next in line from from the previous three years? All right, you just went down the hallway and opened a bunch of doors. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's talk about. I love to be able to close right. them, but <laughs> so one one thing that was obvious yesterday. Look, the. Uh, they haven't turned the ball over, but they haven't gained any turnovers. So, therefore, yeah. that Saints offense had a longer field to work with most all day yesterday. The offensive rushing numbers are abysmal at the moment. Yep. Are you surprised by that? Yeah, I I am, and yet I'm not, if that makes any sense. I am because they ran it pretty well last year. We know Mark Ingram was a 1,000-yard rusher who averaged five yards a carry last year. Um, but here here's two two things. Now there's a, a much more crowded backfield with Ingram, with Adrian Peterson, with Alex Kamara, uh, Alvin Kamara. And now you're trying to divvy up the duties. And that's difficult to get anybody into a rhythm uh, when you're divvying up between three guys. And also, and I don't think we can underplay this right now especially, uh, this offensive line has been in transition. Um, yesterday, uh, it was a complete and total shift. Alec, uh, Andrews Pete at left tackle, Senio Kelamete at left guard, uh, Larry Warford at right guard, Max Unger at center, and then Ryan Ramchek at, at right tackle after Ramchek had been playing left tackle because of Tyron Armstead's injury. So the, the offensive line got a complete and total shuffle yesterday. What will help is I think they will go into this game in Carolina with that same line intact and maybe even into the London game against Miami with that same line hopefully intact, and maybe you can get some continuity there because that's been lacking. They have not had that uh, throughout the, the, the offseason and preseason, whether it be injury-related or 
or however. So hopefully that will help that offensive line, and maybe that will help the rushing totals. But it's going to be difficult to run the ball when you're trying to divvy up carries. And plus, it's also difficult to run the ball when you're behind all the time. Yeah. No, no. That's that's very true. Right. Because of what you were – yeah, it changes what you can do. Limits what you can do as well. Um, Is this Kenny Vaccaro story going to – going to grow this week what's what's your your gut tell you on this situation well it's gonna it's gonna grow until he until he's back on the field consistently um look he said he didn't know why he came out yesterday um coach Payton said you know look some of the inconsistencies that they've seen that they saw in the first game came back again the second game and that's why he pulled him and and look Vaccaro did you know own up and said I got to be better you know I got to be better so that's what it amounts to because on this defense, look, who would be untouchable on the uh, number on the last ranked defense in the league? Nobody would be untouchable as, in terms of pulling off the field. So, if the effort isn't there and the execution isn't there, why wouldn't you be able to change out a, a guy? Because you're already giving up, you know, what thirty plus points a game, thirty two and a half points a game, thirty three points a game, and about five hundred yards a game. So, you know, whether it's Kenny Vaccaro or whether it's or whether it's Raphael Bush or whether it's Vaughn Bell or whether it's Marcus Williams, somebody's got to play better at safety. They've got to get more production there. So Kenny Vaccaro being one of the leaders, that's why it stands out and it's it's such a glaring thing because he's one of your better defensive players. But if he is willing to look in the mirror and say, I got to play better, which it seems he was willing to do, then, yeah, it, it's something that's got to be done. But it's going to be a big story because we're talking about a guy who has Pro Bowl aspirations, who wants to be great who we've seen at times really be a beast defensively. And yet yesterday he's standing on the sidelines next to the coaches with his helmet in his hand uh, during some some fairly critical – during some not garbage minutes, you know, during the game. So that's something that's going to have to play itself out. Um, maybe he – you know, maybe it's a temporary thing to kind of grab his attention and he goes back out there. And, you know, you would hope that he responds the right way. And the, responding the right way would be to have the right – week of practice and to get everything you know get your assignments down and be back out there on the field against Carolina doing what you do uh, best so hopefully it will it will work to the positive yeah um Marshawn Lattimore by the way left the game yesterday evaluated for concussion hopefully that's nothing there because as you said I think he's accounting for himself pretty well here in the first couple of games of his career uh you don't need any more shortages in that secondary that's for sure those are just some of the things. By the way, Tom Brady threw for three touchdowns in the first quarter. First time ever he has done that in his career. Um, and it was really amazing. And, again, sometimes you got to tip your cap to who you're playing. I, I did the same thing with Minnesota and their defensive front seven in week one. You have to tip your cap here to what New England is and how they bounce back from their week one disaster against Kansas City. But with only, what, three healthy wide receivers going in and then losing Dorsett to injury during the game. They, yeah. Tom Brady used everybody. I mean, you talked about Burkhead, but don't forget James White led them with eight yeah. catches yesterday out of their backfield. They used the tight yeah. end. They used the receivers. They they played very well. Well, we got to get past the point of cap tipping and to the point of, of executing for the Saints. I mean, yeah, yeah oh, they've, they've played some good teams, and, and, that's, and that's fair. But it has not been scoreboard-wise and a lot of times seems physically-wise on the field comp- as competitive as you'd like to see. If, if, if that's the best way to phrase it. <laughs> it has not been what we want to see out of this team. Like you said, you could, you you know, a couple of closer losses, and I'd feel a lot better than having the margins that we've seen. Yeah. Hey, sometimes it's okay 
uh, for shock and concern to be a part of the conversation in a locker room. Other times it is not, and you're much better off flushing and moving forward. Um, what do you think the Saints will be like locker room-wise this week? Do you think there'll be some shock and concern in a healthy way, or is it going to be a flush and let's move forward? We've got a big game against Carolina. Well, I think if I think for their sake, today being Monday, they should flush and can, and and be moving on to Carolina. Now, yeah, you got you've got to address the things that happened that were wrong and and the things that need to be corrected, obviously. But the sooner you get it out of your system and the sooner you start thinking forward, uh, the less you dwell on the negatives because now it's gone. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, that 36 to 20, you know, beaten is in the is in the books and there's nothing to be done about it. You know, so hopefully whatever constructive comes of it will come during the film sessions. Uh, but when you get in the locker room, yeah, you want to address that, but you want to move ahead to Carolina because you've got to get on to the hope of what can happen positive as opposed to dwelling on the negative because you know there's nothing good that can come of it now I mean it's, it's gone hopefully like I said the errors can be corrected but you got to move on and start thinking positive positively because you know just like they lost the first two you know if you're in that locker room you got to be thinking okay we lost the first two if we win the next two we're 500 so you got to be thinking ahead that way John DeShazer with us here from NewOrleansSaints.com. He'll have more later on the website, of course. And uh, as we mentioned, we will be visiting the Saints locker room on this Monday afternoon. We'll get you that here uh, after our first time out. Real quick, though, before we go to the break, other headlines around the league. Let me throw a couple up there for you and let you, let you swing away. Dallas gets smoked by Denver yesterday. I didn't see that coming. No. Did not see that coming. I, now, be, I thought it'd be a really good game. Yeah, but not I, that. yeah, I thought it'd be a really good game, and I mean, Denver took it to them. But Denver, Denver has a good enough defense to make Dak Prescott look like a second-year quarterback. And if you can take away that running game, which Denver did big time, and put it on the second-year quarterback's shoulders, and Denver's got Denver's got some corners now, especially a keep to leave. They got a couple of corners, mm -hmm. a keep to leave, and I think Chris Harris Jr. They got a couple of corners to where. They can take away the run game and take away your outside targets. So if if there's a defense that can shut anybody down, it's Denver. I just didn't think it was going to be like that. No, no. Atlanta, last night on Sunday Night Football. You know, I, I this Packers team they beat up last night is no slouch. I, you know what? I was Atlanta could have gone one or two ways. I thought I thought they might have a little Super Bowl hangover. It would have been understandable, maybe even expected to have blown that kind of lead. And to have you know, kind of felt sorry for themselves and wallowed in it some, but man, they look like they've kind of they look like speaking of flushing, they look like they have flushed that and uh, opened up that new building. And I mean, they they opened it up with with a beat down on Green Bay. Yeah, hey, not to jump on the Falcons here, but you know, if I see one more story about these great concession stand prices at Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta. I think I just want to just throw up. Well, I mean, when it, you get when you get the taxpayer money I was about that they say. got. And your owner is one of the richest men in the country. And don't forget the PSLs, my friend. And the PSLs <laughs> and the parking costs. Yeah, they ought yeah. to be giving the food they, away. Oh yeah, they they just, they've I, taken just enough. They've taken up. enough to where they ought to open up the Chick Fil A in there on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> unprecedented. You're right. So silliness there. Uh, Joe Thomas recorded his ten thousand consecutive him. snap. Uh, along that Browns offensive line. Look at that. That man deserves his bronze bust right now to have stayed in Cleveland to play 10,000 consecutive snaps. Because, I mean, a lot of those teams have just been dog bad. And not once that I can recall has he demanded 
to leave? Has he even has he even expressed a desire to leave? I mean, he's he's been true to the cause. I mean, they've run in, you know, they've run in more quarterbacks than I can, than I can you can shake a stick at, man. I, I can't even remember half of those guys. And not once has he ever said, you know, our quarterback situation is awful. Not once has he ever said this organization isn't going in the right direction. Not once has he ever said, you know what, just get me to a contender. Just let me play out my last couple of years with a chance. I mean, he's been faithful to the cause. I mean, that's that's a guy who any franchise would just just kill to have. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of other headlines, too. We haven't touched upon Carolina, who loses Greg Olson now. They're saying almost – well, at least a month and a half. Yeah, he said he's going to be out for a while. He yeah, says he's going to be right. out for a while. And uh, and Cam's arm doesn't quite look like it should. He tweaks an ankle yesterday, although he says he's fine. They survived. Carolina survived. Yeah. Um, well, if he, if he's banged up, if Cam Newton's banged up enough to where he doesn't want to run, you like your chances. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you like gonna, your chances. We're really going to dive into the you, Panthers. Yeah, this you week. want him in the no you doubt. want him in the pocket. If you can, if you can just keep him in the pocket. You like your chances. You're busy. I've kept you long enough. But, again, I appreciate it. I wish we had better things to talk about. I think we will at some point. I still think – I think you and I both in a, were in agreement that we 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 wanted to see the Saints 2-2 two and two at the bye based on the strength of schedule. Yeah. They still can achieve that. Yes. They just put themselves in the corner here. And yeah. Obviously, there has to be – they have to show something different, obviously. So well, Grab those shovels and get to digging. Yeah, get to digging. So, again, sometimes it can be overreaction Monday. Just, this Monday feels like what it is. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to insult anybody, or take away from their pain or anything else. I just let everybody just soak it all in, do what they need to do on this Monday, and we'll go forward. Well, yeah, there's. It, well, it, it can be overreaction Monday, but there's. Well, let's cause this one. Let's let's call this one cause for concern Monday. Sure. It's a mix. Yeah, it's a mix. Yeah, there's reality and there's overreaction. Yeah, and somewhere there lies in the middle is your cause for concern. Yeah. Yes. Very good. JD, appreciate it. Anytime. Plenty more. We got to get through this on this Monday. Stay with us. There are plenty of good reasons to attend the Sanderson Farms Championship. About 150,000 good reasons. Batson Children's Hospital, part of Children's of Mississippi, averages 150,000 patient visits a year. And each year, proceeds from the championship support these patients by donating to Friends of Children's Hospital. Last year, the championship raised over $1 million for Friends. So join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship, October 23rd through 29th at the Country Club of Jackson. Good reason for a great time. Fifty years ago, a groovy new golf gig first teed off in Mississippi. The tournament now known as the Sanderson Farms Championship. To celebrate, join us October 23rd through 29th at the Country Club of Jackson for first-class golf, waves of fun, and 100% natural Sanderson Farms chicken. All to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. Don't miss this 50th anniversary celebration. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. This is AJ Klein, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. All right, two-segment podcast on this Monday. Great visit with John DeShazer. I think we covered a lot of ground there, and as promised, I wanted to take you uh, inside the Saints locker room today. They uh, had open period for the media early afternoon. Uh, most of the focus here is on defense, and really no one on the offensive side of the football for the Saints was available during that time. Uh, two linebackers to talk. We'll start with AJ Klein, one of the captains I uh, talked extensively about uh, what's happened so far uh, on that side of the ball. And then now, obviously, 
um, what what needs to happen in two very important uh, games coming up here before the before the bye week. And of course, AJ Klein, the former Panther, faces his old team uh, this coming Sunday in Charlotte. So inside the Saints locker room this afternoon, here's Captain AJ Klein with the media and our own John DeShazer. Obviously a difficult first two games. Where do you see the rays of sunshine coming for you guys getting the improvement you want? Well, the improvement starts with practice. This week, um, obviously going back to Carolina, we have another challenge ahead of us. So uh, we just put last week's game to rest and, and uh, learned a lot of things from it. It's definitely eye-opening for us to see where we have to improve. So um, just shifting our focus now to Carolina. Yeah. You guys were expecting or hoping for some carryover from preseason. Why has that – can you see that, that – carryover has not happened I think I think it's almost there I think um, we're just a step behind right now uh, all the pieces are there you pull up the tape you see a lot of positive things but right now we're just a, a split second behind of making these big plays and um, especially up front I mean as far as pressure we did a great job uh, in the preseason getting pressure on the quarterbacks and we're right there and if you, if you go down and break the tape I mean our D line is right there we just have to do better in the back uh, in, the, in, the, in the back end of covering and, and giving them a a few extra seconds. Yeah, you're going back to your old home, obviously. Do you have any feelings about it? I mean, other than needing to win a game? No, I mean, um, it's business as usual. It's, it's back to a work week, and um, I'm excited to go back and be able to compete against my old teammates and uh, definitely looking forward to the competition. Going back in there, uh, you know, got to give the defense more, defensive line more time to get a sack with coverage. What goes into that? What goes into that? Film study, understanding of formations, route concepts that we're going to get, and, and where uh, where we fit in that um, for the DBs and the linebackers. So, um, again, it goes back to communication and, and route recognition. Yeah. I know after the first game, uh, Coach Payton was saying there was a lot of mental cleanup that needed to occur. Is is the same amount? Do you feel after this game, or do you feel like it was more physical this time? I think I think it. Uh, I want to say it was more mental again, and um, those are things that we have to continue to improve on. I mean, I can't sit here and sugarcoat sugarcoat stuff, but um, we had mistakes and, and mental mistakes again. Um, but we got to move forward, and there's nowhere to go but forward. So I'm not going to sit here and dwell on last week and, and get ready for Carolina. I think you uh, were on a Carolina team that started poorly and then kind of had a turnaround, yep. so to say. Do you feel more pressure, I guess, or can you help this team in this locker room because you've experienced a low and then kind of bounce back and head No, like, like I like I always say every week, it's it's a long season. I uh, think it was 2013 we started 1-4 and four and won 11 games straight. So I think early adversity, it's adversity, but it's what you do with it. Um, and, and we have to turn this learning experience into a positive that will help us later in the season because this is a long season. It's not going to be an easy ride, so we have to be ready to, to play all 16 games. How important is it to get young guys to buy in? Because some of these young players haven't had any consistent success here. Mm -hmm. You know, How important is it to get them to stay focused and believe that that can truly happen? Well, I think that starts with, one, the leadership in the room. Um, it starts with me. It starts with Cam. It starts with... Craig and all the other veterans, Kenny, um, of getting these young guys and, and really establishing the culture of what we want to be as a defense. We have to find our identity um, and stick with it and then uh, definitely not pull off from that. If we want to be a physical team, we got to be a physical team. But right now we have to focus on being a smart team too. you have an identity right now? That's what I said. Well, I think we have to be a physical team, but right now we have to focus on being smarter. All right, A.J. Klein, and we thank him for uh, his time with the media today. Uh, just a couple of uh, lockers down from him was rookie Alex Anzalone, who made another start here in his NFL rookie season. Had some tough luck on two plays, trying to handle uh, Rex Burkhead, the uh, running back for New England, and then 
on a play with uh, all-pro tight end Rob Gronkowski. Uh, got tied up a little bit, actually fell, uh, and, and so those two scores early on uh, saw Alex Anzalone and get uh, baptized a little bit in a bad way. Uh, nonetheless, he was there to face up the uh, media and answer their questions here on this day after. The learning experience was yesterday. Uh, you know, every game is a learning experience. You know, um, going against a team like that, um, you, know, you you learn a lot. And obviously there's some plays that uh, I, I'm taking a lot from. So, uh, you know, just got to keep going forward. You think as a rookie they, they look to pick on you a little bit? Not necessarily. I think um, whatever the, the two plays that were uh, did the I mean, the two touchdowns that were yeah. given up, I think that, um, you know, one was eyes were on the right. I was in good coverage and uh, just got my eyes in the backfield. And, um, you know, it just they weren't necessarily looking that way or anything like that. And then the other one, uh, they saw a mismatch. And I think whoever's out there, they'd be throwing that ball. So, you know, some plays you got to make and some plays you got to think about what, what they're looking forward to. So I don't think it's necessarily a, a rookie thing. 21 points in the first quarter, though, as a defense. It's a very bad start, right? Yeah, bad start. You know, you don't want to let up any points, so uh, 21 is definitely not good. On the, uh, the, the touchdown to uh, to Gronk, was that sort of an, an ad-lib type play that they made? It looked like it was kind of running around and kind of turned up when they didn't get I mean, the... Uh, just, no, that's just something you, he felt. Uh, I mean, he was obviously felt a little pressure, and was, I mean, he just ran a simple drag, and then at the end of the drought, he saw he was under pressure and just turned it up, so... All right, so there you have an idea of what the Saints were thinking about on this Monday. Uh, Certainly the overriding impression from anyone that I talked to is that they spent quite a bit of time this morning going over yesterday and are quickly now on to Carolina, and that's probably the the best way to go. They'll uh, have some more film study tomorrow and probably starting their work toward Carolina. It's technically an off day. Some guys obviously are going to be receiving a treatment And then uh, full practice begins again on Wednesday. By the way, that'll be our next podcast, too. We're also going to start to talk Pelicans on Wednesday this week. We've got, uh, well, just now days until training camp starts. Pelicans Media Day is one week from today. That's Monday the 25th. Then practice in our first preseason game uh, will be on October the 3rd. So think about it for a second. It is here. Uh, And just being around campus, you're here today at the Osher Sports Performance Center. It looks like everybody's in place and uh, chomping at a bit, so that's good news too. That'll do it for us on this Monday. I know it was tough, but we had to go through some of that. <laughs> Hopefully better days are ahead. You know there will be. Uh, and for John DeShazer and Daniel Salerson, and, of course, our guests today, A.J. Klein and Alex Anzalone, I'm Sean Kelly. Uh, enjoy your Tuesday tomorrow, and uh, help pass the word along about our podcast, which features both teams here really in earnest starting on Wednesday. That's when we'll see you next. Take care, everybody.